1: Hey, everyone, welcome back to the Barbell Medicine Podcast, where we bring modern medicine to strength and conditioning and strength and conditioning to modern medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Jordan Feigenbaum, and this is episode 132. We're talking all about strongman training, uh, specifically the new strongman training template that's available now on the Barbell Medicine website. There's a link in the description below, and there's a 10% discount we're running on the template uh, that ends the 7th of March. That's this Sunday at midnight. So if you want to get in on this template, you want a little discount. You can get that now. Check out the link in the description below. So this podcast is all about the design of the strongman template. It's three separate blocks, each blocks five weeks long. Um, And this program is for folks who want to train strongman or who are getting ready for a strongman competition, or for those who are looking for a general strength and conditioning program that has some elements of strongman training. You want to do that for your conditioning or to develop some, you know, odd implement strength or something like that. Or if you just want a general strength conditioning program and don't want to do any of the strongman stuff, this would work out well for you if you just ignored all the strongman stuff. So uh, it also includes an ebook. It's about 30 something pages kind of talking about the why, the what, and the how behind the strongman training template and uh, gives you some more instructions in addition to the three separate blocks Uh, as of right now, this is kind of one of those things we're running on like Google sheets, um, or give you a spreadsheet that gives you the the program. It is going to be available on our new app. So if you get the program now and you want to use the app later when it comes out, which hopefully happens in the next few months, we're still doing some beta testing on that right now. You'll be able to use that for free. Anything you download or, or purchase from the barbell medicine website, you'll have access to on the app. So just as soon as we can get it, uh, you know, that app, all the testing done, all the programs will be available there. So you won't have to like purchase it twice or anything like that. So really looking forward to that. And now let's hear from Alan as we talk about the new strongman training template.
2: Hey everyone. I'm Alan Thrall. I am a gym owner. I own a gym in Sacramento, California called untamed strength. It's a strongman powerlifting and strength training gym. I also uh, work with barbell medicine, doing some online coaching and also a
1: strongman template. Boom. Hey, speaking of strongman in Sacramento, it's like the world championship is there. Is that world this year? Man. Yeah. This is the same one, like on ESPN or ESPN two or whatever. I don't even, I don't even know how many ESPNs I think there it's are CBS these. sports now. Oh, it's big. Yeah. It's, okay. Uh, so they're actually going to have it in Sacramento.
2: Yeah. And no idea what went into that or what the decision was to do that. But I had actually seen the first time I saw it, I didn't have my, uh, my, uh, audio on my phone. And I just saw it, and I saw the word Sacramento come up, and I thought, "Wait a second, what? You know, what's going on here?" And I'm I'm looking in the comments, like, "Why? Why is it in Sacramento?" <laughs> you know, I couldn't find anything, but yeah, and apparently, uh, I saw a news outlet talking about it, a Sacramento news outlet, and they said that it's booked for the next three years in Sacramento.
1: In, wait, what? So, I don't
2: know how accurate that is, but the, yeah, that's what the news outlet said.
1: I mean, so, I just remember as a kid, a young impressionable kid, you know, you're watching on again ESPN two or whatever. It's like, oh, coming to you from the island of Malta or like <laughs> yep. some Rita crazy place. And they're lifting all sorts of strange things in like the town center square or something. And they are like, wow, strongman is really exotic. And <laughs> uh, and now they're like, yeah, we're going to sack, which <laughs> again is crazy because like California, if you're looking at like a state well, in the United States, you know, on a series of like which states are more open or less open or whatever. California's not very high.
2: I know. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I'm like, do, do does Sacramento know about this or, <laughs> so, but uh, but yeah. usually when they determine a location, it is uh, what has a nice backdrop um, for, you know, what looks good on TV. So they're not just doing it in a, in a warehouse. Um, and also so what apparently they did not take be, that into consideration. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's probably going to be warm. Um, so anyways, those are usually the, the two things, weather and backdrop. So I don't know if they're going to do it in front of the Capitol building or what, but.
1: Yeah. I mean, you would think if they were going to pick California and again, this is no offense to Sacramento. I, no, I feel I like it. it's fine. There's some cool places in Sac, but it's like, okay, we're going to be in California. There needs to be an ocean in the background. Right. Or Laundry. like a beach. Yeah. Right. Cause it's California. Not like, it's like saying, yeah, we're, we're going to do it, you know, in somewhere in the in, in the central Valley. And you're like, is this California or is yeah. this like, you know, yeah, gonna whatever. Yeah, right, right, right. We're in Pomona. Yeah, it's like
2: like saying we're going, we're headed to New York and it's like upstate New York and like the woods, you know, it's like, well, I I usually think of New York City, but
1: yeah. Yeah. It sounds like something the USAPL would do. It's like, (laughs) it's like, it's like, yeah, like we're going to Phil, we're going to Pennsylvania and you're like, okay, cool. It's Philadelphia. Right. And they're like, no, we're going to Scranton instead. You're like, what? (laughs) (laughs) anyway (laughs) well it'll be cool i'm excited to i want to go like if they're going to have fans i want to go so um this is a nice segue into what we're talking about today we're talking about the uh, our new strongman template that by the time you listen to this it's out it's available i'll put links in the description below so we're gonna talk about some strongman training and we're gonna talk about what went into this template so first off can you give people a little background uh like what is your strongman experience? Like, when did you get into it? How, you know, how has it gone since then?
2: Yeah, I started doing strongman training without um, even knowing about strongman competitions when I was in the Marine Corps. And it was kind of at a necessity. There was um, when gyms were limited at the time, or when chain of command would tell us we can't go to the gym for whatever reason, uh, we found some junk behind a um, building tractor, tire, log, stuff like that, actual real log. And we would uh, go do workouts with that. Um, And so that kind of piqued my interest. And one of my friends had said, hey, there's actually local strongman competitions nearby. And uh, I signed up for my first strongman competition and went from there, fell in love with it. And once my uh, contract in the Marine Corps was coming to an end, I had to decide what I was going to do. And I wanted to open my own gym and I wanted to be a strongman gym. So that's kind of how I started and uh, just done a whole bunch of local competitions since then. Um, yeah. And trained uh, quite a few people from the gym as well as uh, through Barbell Medicine, coaching them through their uh, their strongman competitions.
1: So you've been coaching strongman for I mean, a long a long time now and you've done a bunch of strongman competitions. Do you have any, like if you were trying to brag, like a humble brag or a flex, I know you you wouldn't. So I'm just <laughs> going to make you do it like your results at a, at competitions, like what's your best finish, the biggest meet that you've done or whatever.
2: Yeah. So I call myself a local legend because okay. I only do well at local competitions. Um, I've never, <laughs> I've never, <laughs> that's, that's the truth. I've never taken, uh, I've never been to nationals or the Arnold or anything like that. Um, mainly cause I just haven't really had a desire to, I just enjoy, um, uh, competing in local mm-hmm. competitions and that's about it. Uh, maybe maybe one day I'll get really fired up and wanna um, take a whole year to really prep for a national spot. Um, but yeah, just a some first place finishes and local competitions.
1: Nice, just some first place finish, just a just some wins, just <laughs> being the best on a particular day. Nice. <laughs> well, so I I never really, I mean, I knew what strongman was. It just wasn't like. I just didn't want to do it. I don't know why. Like I, maybe cause I just didn't know how or whatever. And I was busy powerlifting, but when I was training at brute strength gym in Virginia, like, so if you've never been there and you're to be going to Norfolk, Virginia, for whatever reason, you have to go to this gym. This gym's like huge, almost 20,000 square foot or, or thereabouts. And probably 10,000 of it, half of it is dedicated to like strongman stuff. And I don't just mean like a lot of places have strongman equipment, quote unquote, they've got, they'll have tires or like, logs or uh, atlas stones and that's all great right and a yoke it's like boom you can train strongman which is great that's great brute takes it to the next level they're like oh no we have on a uh, you know a pollen's wheel we have single fingers we've got a car deadlift jack like set up we've got <laughs> like they've got the power stairs just like you do you know it's like it's the next level if you were training strongman so they actually had a bunch of national meets there and uh, i remember thinking like I may be good at the squat bench and deadlift, but like I have no chance at any of this stuff, which was confirmed when I did that meet at your place. Uh, You know, granted, I, I think I did fine. I got second or whatever, but like, I don't know. I didn't know what I was doing. You know, luckily that the, you happen to pick events that were kind of like similar <laughs> to powerlifting. You're like, oh, uh, it's an axle deadlift. And then it's like an axle clean and press. I'm like, oh, pressing is kind of like, that's powerlifting. And then everything else was like, you know, hang on for dear life. So if people are wondering, cause I get this on the AMAs all the time, they're like, oh, have you, would you ever do strongman? I did it. I, I did. There's a vlog. There's a whole thing chronicling my experience. And uh, I, I, I'm not even a local legend. I'm like a washed up local never was. I got second. So no one, you know, no one cares. Yeah, I
2: think you did actually really well. Uh, um, you took first on the deadlift. Mm-hmm. You took first on the, uh, truck pull and push, uh, mm-hmm. which is, has nothing to do with, you know, powerless. Um, and then just a couple, I guess, rookie mistakes or rookie decisions of like, for your overhead press, you decided, hey, I'm just going to strict press all this, <laughs> and then for the yeah. atlas stones, you had like a, a hiccup with your the tape on your forearms and and uh, tacky and whatnot. So I think uh, if you a little more practice, and I think you would have done fine. So
1: yeah, I, that's how I that's how I rationalize it to myself. That's how I feel better about my <laughs> performance. I'm like, oh, if I just would have prepared a little better, made some better decisions, outcome would have been different. But I mean, it was weird because I had a powerlifting meet like four weeks beforehand and and I was like, oh, I'll just train strongman for three weeks or whatever and it'll be fine. But the problem is like I was really strong, like my muscles were strong, but I was so deconditioned from like just doing only powerlifting and like tapering down to doing singles that I was actually – I was very afraid. I was like, I'm going to get hurt. Because I can like, my body can do more than what it's prepared to do. So anyway, it ended up being fine. I was fine. Uh, this actually like dovetails nicely into this question I have for you. Like you obviously hear from and see a lot of people that are training strongman, even in your own gym and certainly in other gyms when we travel or used to travel back, back in the day, what are like some of the biggest mistakes you see that people make with trying to train strongman?
2: Man, this is, this would be, um probably depends on the individual. Uh, Mm -hmm. Meaning if you have someone who's already very strong, who wants to do strongman training or strongman uh, competition, they're going to need a whole lot of uh, practice and familiarization with implements. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas there are plenty of other people who get into strongman training initially. Like that's their first exposure to the gym is coming in untamed strength, joining the strongman class and just doing strongman. And they just beat strongman to death. And they don't do well in competitions because they're just they're just still pretty weak, Um, like overall. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so there's there's both of those. I would say that. So for some individuals, it's just you really just need to get a lot stronger, focus on some static strength, focus on maybe building some muscle, um, get under get you know whatever however you uh, decide to do that. But then some other individuals are just not good at strongman because they don't practice enough, or they just keep doing what they're really good at. I've got a solid, you know, overhead press out of a squat rack with a barbell. Uh, but you know, a log press or an actual cleaning press is garbage for them or they have a really strong deadlift. Um, and so they do well in the deadlift event, but they don't do well in any other events. So they kind of just specialize or just, they just keep training what they're good at.
1: Right. Yeah. It's hard to want to dedicate the time and same effort to like stuff that you actively suck at. But I guess the counter to that is if it shows up in a competition, and you're not prepared. Like, how embarrassing is that? You're like, yeah, this dude won the deadlift, you know, whatever, with some absurd number, but then couldn't, like, shoulder the stone or, like, whatever. I That was always the saddest part of watching The World's Strongest Man when somebody, like, couldn't get a single rep with whatever the thing was. And you're like, oh, man, poor guy. Like, should I- <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> they must be hurt or something, you know? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah exactly. You think that uh, these guys who are placing first in certain events are going to do well in all of them but that's not always the case. So really right. you can, you can win a strongman competition. If that's what you're into, that's what you're interested in, uh, by placing second or third on all events and never winning anything, you can still win. You know, that's yeah. usually who does is like, there are competitions where you're, where you're like this, this dude won. Like, I don't think he won any other events, but he just consistently placed second or third. Yeah.
1: He never lost by a large margin in any of the events and like, yeah, steady, steady wins the race. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I see the same thing, though, to people, like, because uh, I've been to a few gyms that do offer like a strongman kind of class. It's not like, oh, you're a strongman competitor. This is the class for you. It's more like a get into the gym and do some resistance training, almost like a boot camp kind of thing, right? Like, that's almost how it's advertised. And it's like, yeah, these people, they're learning how to carry odd implements and like, use the yoke and, and, you know, one arm press and, and stuff It's it's certainly better than them, like, just not. <laughs> or like, or, or, or doing other st- stuff that people would traditionally do in like a c- commercial gym, you know, all machine based stuff. Like if, if I had to pick, I'm like, yeah, I think strongman stuff's probably like a level up for developing like balance and, you know, uh, motor patterns and athletic ability, all, all sorts of stuff, you know, to, to some extent, particularly for new individuals. But because that's not also like counterbalanced with some, you know, what you, as you called it static strength, or I would call it just more strength development kind of stuff. Like in the squat, the bench, the deadlift, the press, even the power clean to to some extent and other stuff. There's no like base of like, okay, now your your muscles are actually capable of producing a ton of force in this sort of general sense. And now you get to apply that specifically and learn how to do that with an odd implement with an odd, you know, an awkward carry or something. It's like you learn how to do those things. The skill is there, but like the raw strength is, is less developed. And the other side of that would be like the person like me, who's like relatively strong, but like. I don't know how to do half these things. If you asked me to continental clean and press, I could like, I could do it with the light enough weight where I don't have to do it right, but I have I've never done it. You know, the skill is what's missing for me. And then, yeah. and then on top of that, I feel like across the board, very few people are using any sort of auto regulated sort of approach in strong man. It's not like work up a one arm dumbbell or one arm circus, you know, dumbbell press work up to, you know, a set of three at eight, And then do some back off volume work. And what it looks like instead is work up till you fail (laughs) and try a few times and don't get injured, you know? And uh, I, and that's what I, that's what I see, especially when I was, when I was training, um, at a a couple few gyms that had a lot of strongman stuff. And and when you look at the actual sort of data on injury risk, if you had to pick one or two sports in the barbell training world that have the highest injury risk, it's strongman and Highland games. And and I think some of that has to do with like kind of what you alluded to earlier, like there's just less access to those odd implements for a lot of people. And so they go to a show or they go to a meet and it's like, I've never seen this thing before. Well, let's give it a go and try to, and try to, and try to win. Um, And then the other thing is that I feel like the load management stuff is just, it hasn't really filtered down, at least not that I've been able to ascertain. So like when I saw your program, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that shortly when I was like, Oh yeah, good. There's some auto regulation in there. Cause otherwise, yeah, you just don't see it. I don't know. could you have more experience talk with other strongman competitors, talk and seeing other people train strongman. Do you see a lot of auto regulation in strongman programming?
2: No, not often. Um, and yeah. it's, uh, you know, once you would mentioned about showing up to a competition, trying this new implement for the first time, usually like max weight or max effort and some sort of, you know, uh, yeah. That's that's very true, and even in, even at untamed strength, we have kind of a powerlifting side of the gym and a strongman side. And you know, if the powerlifters ever are curious about strongman and they move over to that side of the gym, it's never like, "Hey, let me uh, let me let me try this out and just uh, you know slowly build up to it." It's like, Got a max. How much? How much is that? How much is that, that yoke know, way? like, oh, it's 800. You're like, I feel like I could do that, and they just just try it. You know, like that it's always like some sort of test or measurement. Um, and so that's like how they view straw man. So they always, Hey, let me try to lift that stone or let me try to pick up this log or whatever. Um, so it's, it's rarely like, let me, let me get familiar with this and take some time to slowly, you know, add weight. Yeah.
1: Develop these skills and, 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 and work tolerance and everything else. I'll nah, we'll just max out yeah. just to see. Yeah. Like I, I understand if I was like hiking in the woods and I saw like a large rock. Well, I mean, I'd probably walk by it cause I just don't care, but, <laughs> but theoretically, if I was like, well, I wonder if I could like lift that. Yeah. I got it. That in, in, in the wild, maybe you don't have that option, you know, or if like this rock fell on somebody's leg and I was like, well, ah, uh, honestly, last week I have, I didn't lift a small, slightly smaller rock. So I don't know that I can do, <laughs> like, I, I understand that, but like in a controlled training environment, I, it's just crazy to me because no one would, you know, go into the gym and say, well, I shouldn't say no one. But like your first day, you see somebody doing a a different squat or deadlift variation than you've ever done. It, it'd be less likely for people to max out, although mm-hmm. that does happen. We, I, uh, I switched gyms down here for a little bit. I was training at this. It was like a commercial uh, powerlifting gym, like hybrid, and I had not been in a commercial gym for a long time. And I, it, I was, it was crazy to me because I saw more failed reps. In that gym, than I'd seen in years. I'm like, it's it's like, and like every Monday, everybody's maxing out on bench press, and I'm like, why? This doesn't make any sense. But then I'm like, well, I forgot because I just been out of the commercial gym for a while. So yeah. maybe it happens. Maybe it happens in in regular strength training too. But certainly, it seems like more the case in in strongman. And just for the data nerds at home, uh, like me, when I say the highest risk of injury, it's true, but it's still not that high. So if you look at like all barbell training together, it's like two to four injuries per thousand participation hours. And then for strongman, we're looking at like five to six and same thing for Highland Games. So it's it's on the higher side when you average everything together, it kind of comes down. But you look at like other non-contact sports uh, like skiing, for example, much higher, mm-hmm. much higher. And uh, yeah, it's just I don't want people to be like, well, see, strongman training is dangerous. Like, well sitting, sitting around doing nothing's also dangerous, but you know, you gotta, you can, you can sort of reduce your risk by following some intelligent programming principles. Yeah. So I guess
2: to, to, to answer your question about, are there a lot of people using RPE and strawman training? And it's, uh, not often. And if it is, it's RPE with their barbell lifts, you know, like, Hey, I'm squatting today. I'll leave a couple reps in the tank, but r- rarely is it, uh, with their actual strawman implements. And a lot of times I, I see a lot of people at the, at Untamed Strength who have coaches that just prescribe their numbers. um,
1: Like straight up, give them numbers, Yep,
2: do this. Uh, And so I've seen both sides of that, you know, Mm. work against them to where there are guys who just failing, failing, failing because they can't get this weight that was prescribed to them um, for whatever reason. Right. And uh, on the other side of that, there's one guy in particular who goes to the gym who's like just destroying all these numbers. Like it's effortless. And so he got frustrated with these percentages. Like, Hey, do 80% of your max, um, that he, uh, he just went and maxed out everything and sent it all to his coach and was like, I want to use these numbers as my max. Cause everything you're giving me is way too easy. You know? So it's like, uh, yeah, that's, then that's just a, a problem with just prescribing, you know, set numbers, straight,
1: straight numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Would, would refer people to our previous podcast on progressive loading. Yeah. yeah, right? <laughs> Well, because the idea is that the weight is appropriate for the given day and there's a bunch of stuff that goes into that. So if you just dole out numbers, yeah, dude, 200 pounds on whatever thing it's like, well, if that happens to be the right number serendipitously, like great. Mm-hmm. But if you're, if that person's performance potential is much higher, it's too light. It's not yeah. enough stress. If it's too heavy, It's too much stress. It's like, so either way, I, I don't know. I think we get accused of uh, being lazy and using RPE rather than giving people numbers. But I think it's actually the opposite. Like I think making sure that the person that you're coaching has a understanding of, yo, this is what RPE is for and here's how you should use it. And uh, kind of double checking that they're applying it appropriately. Um, So things you wouldn't want to see, for example, are people like using the same weight across all of their sets where the RPE is supposed to change. Like yeah, I did 185 for five reps at RP six, 185 for five reps at RP seven, and 185 for five reps at RP eight. You're like, what? <laughs> That's not, that doesn't make sense. Or or like um, keeping the weight the same every week without any change. Because like you're telling me that your performance was the potential was the exact same week to week to week. Like that doesn't. It's highly unlikely. You know. Anyway. Yeah. So
2: and there's there's a number of things you can do if you are actually coaching. Um, to, to better equip that, uh, client with understanding RPE. So if they, you know, if they're, you know, for whatever reason you think that they might be consistently over undershooting, mm-hmm. uh, and you were just to, you know, manipulate RPE to say, I'm going to have them do some, him or her do some uh, sets at RP nine or at RP nine to 10, yep. just so they can get a better idea of what that actually feels like. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, i I actually had a client with Barbell Medicine who I, I actually, uh, put it was something like six reps at RP nine, uh, and continue doing that until you feel like it's higher than nine or you feel like it's a 10. Yeah. Um, and, uh, he, he like came back to me and was like, Oh, I did seven sets. Like, and and so that, that was what I was trying to get at is like, I don't think these are truly RP nine. You know, I asked him what his rest periods were. He's like, Oh, three, four minutes. And I'm like, you did six reps at RP nine for seven sets, you know? So, so just things like that to where it's helpful to have a coach, but um, anyways, we're talking about a template, but yeah, there are some ways to kind of manipulate RP to find that sweet spot.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You look that on paper. You're like, so you did six sets, what you called a nine. That's probably a seven. Yeah. <laughs> and then if I, yeah. yeah. But yeah, you just, you, uh, I find that giving people more descriptive terms can help. It's like mm-hmm. what reps in reserve is one. Oh, yeah. Uh, A set at nine, you should have one rep left. But some people like that doesn't quite register. It's like it should feel really, really, really hard, near maximal, but not. And they're like, oh, they understand that better. Or I'm like, the bar speed should slow down substantially. And they're like, ah, I get, you know, so whatever. You could, whatever, there's a mutual understanding. And so that's what we try to bake into this template which we'll talk about now. This is a strongman template. It's been a long time coming. We've been talking about this for a while. I think ever since I did that strongman competition, just because people want it. Um, and even people who actually like, aren't going to compete in strongman, they're just like, I call them strongman curious. Cause they're like, I'm not going to compete in strongman, but I want to do some of the conditioning stuff. And I want to see like how this is all programmed. And so it's like, this is for both of those uh, folks. So when you, when you finally put pen to paper and you were like, I'm going to, develop this thing. Like what was your I don't know, what was your target demographic first off, like when you were trying to build a program for a group of people?
2: People who are strongman curious, like you said. People yeah, okay. who want to incorporate strongman into their already existing strength training routine, essentially. Um uh, it could be used for competition prep, but the you would have to do a lot of plug and play. Because the challenge is competition prep is you're prepping for five specific events sure. Um, and it's very hard to be super specific with a template. Uh, yeah. So t- I tried to be all encompassing and cover everything that I guess a strongman competitor would need to practice. But it, I would say it was uh, primarily for someone who wants to do some strongman training, whether they have access to it at their gym or they have some stuff um, in their garage, um, a group of people, you know, a training crew who has some strongman equipment, how do I plug this into my program? When should I do this? When should I do that? That was the, that was the demographic.
1: Yeah. What, uh, what do you think like people need equipment wise to actually do the template? Cause that's going to be the biggest question. Like, well, I don't have access to what Jordan said, like all that stuff at brute strength. We don't, I don't have power stairs. I don't have finger fingers. Like how can I train strongman?
2: <laughs> yeah. So I would think that, uh, if you have, you would need, uh, I guess I would say you need a barbell Um, Yeah, sure. uh, A barbell and some weights so that you can at least do deadlifts and some overhead press. You don't, Mm -hmm. I mean, technically you don't need a bench. You don't need a squat rack, although that's helpful, but a bar and some plates uh, would be helpful. Something to carry. And that thing could also be used to uh, pick up and load onto a platform or over onto a garbage can or over, a, <laughs> over a bar or something
1: in the rack. Yeah, sure. Um,
2: yeah, yeah. Yeah. Using a rack. Um, and, uh, I guess that would be the bare bones of it. Uh, cause there, there probably are people who are like, I have a barbell and weights and a squat rack, but I also have a sandbag, uh, and a keg and you could do this. You could do this program. Um, that's also a challenge is, um, not being so vague, but being broad enough that, you're, uh, you're giving people, you're allowing people to actually do the program with limited equipment. And that was kind of one of the challenges of writing it. You know, something might just say, you're going to do a carry today, whether that's, I'm not going to specifically write, you need to do a yoke carry on this day, a Husafel carry on this day, a keg carry on this day, because you might be limited to equipment. Um, and, and with that, I, I had thought about this when you had mentioned RPE and strongman training, it's, uh, it's extremely important. If you're writing a template, a little bit different, if you're working with one client, But when you're writing a template for straw man training, there has to be RP incorporated because I can't tell you, Jordan, you're going to do Atlas stone loads. You're going to do four reps at RP nine. And you're like, all right, I've got a 200 pound stone and a 300 pound stone. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, So I don't really know. (laughs) 200 is too light, 300 is too heavy. So there's this, you know, they can't do five pound increments on their Atlas stones. So it has to be something like you're going to do four to six reps in 60 seconds. RPE 7, 8, or 9. So anyways, yes. yeah, RPE is important.
1: Yeah, it should feel like this level of hardness mm-hmm. and then adjust the load or the amount of reps or how long you're carrying something. Like That's how like you prescribe the carries. You're like, it should be about this long. It should take you this many seconds to do it. Mm-hmm. And here's how hard it should be. And you stipulate sometimes like no drops. You can't drop the thing. So make it light enough where you don't drop it. But I we're trying to give people like a – Again, it's like a rubric or a, a, a template <laughs> of like, here's the, like the, the skeleton of like, this is what we want you to do. And it has specific exercises there, but yeah, not everyone's going to have all the same equipment. And so, yeah, I think you need a bar. I think you need a rack. I think you need plates. You don't need a bench, but you know, bench press is cool, but I guess you could get away with floor press if you really, you know, don't like the bench press or don't want a bench. Um, and yeah, you need something to carry. You could load stuff over a bar in the rack if you like use bands or something to secure it in there, or if you have another platform, you could load stuff on top of. And then I think you need something to drag, right, or, or, yes. or push. If you had a sled or like a prowler, or even just a piece of like flat metal with like a that you could put plates on top of and like attach like a strap to, or you could push your truck or car a four-wheeler UTV, I don't know, like whatever, anything that you can like push and generate resistance against or pull uh, either way, like that's going to be helpful. Um, uh, and to the extent you have more equipment and your, your level of strongman curiosity, you could get real wild with this stuff, you know, at your gym, each one of these like, you know, circuits or, or like workouts could be crazy, crazy different, you know, cause you have all these different equipment, but if you have less equipment, it's going to be less diverse, which isn't a bad thing necessarily. It's just, we're working with what you have. So I don't want people to like get this template and be like, "Ah, I don't have anything to carry. (laughs) It's like, well, I guess. So yeah, you you could go to like a surplus supply shop and get one of those big, like, you know, duffel, like they're they're made out of like that. I don't even know what the material is called. It's like burlap or something like that and fill it with sand. And now you have like a couple hundred pound sandbag which you could also load, you could carry, you could drag, you could, you know, yeah. anyway.
2: Yep, absolutely. And what's nice about the program also is that it's not, it's not so specific that you need to do everything listed exactly the way it's listed. Um, so you, you honestly could leave out some of the straw man stuff and it's still a decent strength yeah, training could, program.
1: Yeah, you could for sure run it just as a standalone, like general strength conditioning kind of program. And then if you wanted to do the strongman conditioning, cause you like that stuff, that's your preferred method of, you know, meeting and exceeding the physical activity guidelines. You could do that. But if you're like, I don't want to do that. I just want to do like, I want to go for a walk or a run or a bike ride or swim or do a CrossFit workout, whatever you, you could do all that too. The dip, big difference between this and like our other templates are that the, a lot of the strength training, stuff is more shifted towards strongman strength development and less, certainly less specific to powerlifting strength development. So like, you're not going to see like squat plus chains because like squat when it is tested in a strongman competition is not against It's just a squat. Like, and you're going to, you know, you, you got to squat, you're going to front squat probably more because you know, there's a lot of carry stuff that strongman people and you know, tend to do uh in competition. There's a lot more polling than some of our other templates and overhead, you know, overhead work because again, the bench press, I haven't seen a strongman competition with the bench press in it. Which not a world's
2: strongest man competition, but they have done it. And it was on like a it was almost like a Smith Machine uh bench press where they had, I forget what they had on it, probably like some women sitting on a bench Yeah, they're you know, like, <laughs> right, right, right. it was like on each side of the bar was actual objects and they were like smith machine benching <laughs> oh, okay yeah not often but uh what you said about the chains and stuff you know i mentioned that you can leave out some things and the program's fine but you could also add in things if you're yeah. like hey i just bought these bands i just bought these chains sure sure you know go ahead and have at it um, yeah
1: yeah yeah we have a space for you so like every all the exercises there's a drop down menu so you could choose high bar squat low bar squat. In fact, the, the, the tradition, the actual squat recommendation just says squat. And it's like, you get to figure out like, which, what does that mean? We don't really care. It's more personal preference here, or you could use a camber bar. You could use a safety squat bar. You could use a duffel bar. And if none of those options are like, yeah, I want that. You can write in, you could write in like, Smith machine squat with girls added for ballast, <laughs> just like you're in a, you know, or kegs at You know, they like roll a keg in for each successful <laughs> yep. rep. You can do whatever you want, you know, or if you have like a car deadlift apparatus set up and that's your preferred method for deadlifting, you could do that. Um, so it's, uh, so that write in feature is pretty cool as you to write it in, select it. And now you again have become like the manager of your own training program. So I really like the way this turned out. Um, and, uh, it's three blocks. So there's weeks one through five, uh, week six through 10 and weeks 11 through, uh, 15. Each block starts out with like a low stress introductory week. Uh, doesn't mean that it's, you're not working out a lot. It just, it's, you're trying to get used to either any new movements, any new, uh, intensity ranges, rep schemes, et cetera. And then kind of crank up the, the volume as we go towards, towards that. Now, the last week is what I want of the last block is kind of like a little test, a little tester in there. Um, and I really like the way that you designed it. So I was going to ask you about it. So basically we're going to test your overhead press strength and it does, we're not necessarily saying strict overhead press could be a push press could end up being, you know, some other variation. I think the default setting right now is push press. And then we're going to test your deadlift strength. Uh, but you didn't write just, yeah, work up to a one RM. You said one to five reps at RP 10. So you're basically going to pick a rep scheme and then go, I'm going to max out on this. And I really like the way you did that. So I was kind of curious as to like, why? Like, what was the.
2: Just to give the whoever's doing the client a little bit of freedom to, uh, if they really put a lot of value on a one rep max, then they could do a single. Um, if they really want, sometimes lifters are focused on landmark numbers. Mm-hmm. I want to get 600 pounds. I'm going to, I want to rep this. I want to do three, four, five reps with it. Um, mm-hmm. So they just have these numbers in mind that they want to, they want to try. Or it's just kind of a mini. It's just a heavy AMRAP. Um, you know, I want to try this 500 pounds as many times as I can get it. And realistically, it'll be between three, four or five, whatever. Um, yep. So there's that, that little bit of freedom. Um, and that was one of the the challenges with actually putting this program out. Um, for In the past, using this kind of template for um, clients who had specific events to train for, it was much easier. Um, but now oh, yeah. that it's just a general straw man program, I had to ask myself, like, what is, what are you at the end of this program? What are you going to be better at? And what's the goal of this program with a powerlifting peaking program? I could say, well, I want their squat bench and deadlift one or max to be better. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was a little bit harder to find exactly what was going to be better. Um, And I feel like if I, with regards to deadlift strength or overhead press strength, I think improving your one, two, three, four, five rep max, maybe even more, um, I think is means that the program did something for you.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And it and and it also, in some ways, can be more specific to an actual strongman competition where it's not just like lift the most weight for one rep. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's like, yeah, this is a really heavy weight and you got to do as many reps as possible. Um, and obviously what's heavy is relative to the individual. But um, I wouldn't necessarily say that if you have two people that are kind of close in strength that the stronger individual is going to be able to do a higher a more reps on that particular exercise. So the example is like like, I, uh, if I deadlift my best deadlift 738 and somebody else's best deadlift is 760. so they're stronger than I am. But the test is 600 pounds for reps or 550 for reps. Well I don't think you know, I don't think you can predict who's going to do better without more information. Um, and so like the one RM is, yep, that's cool. Standardized across powerlifting, Olympic weightlifting. Uh, but for strongman, you know, it, if you had a a competition coming up where it was like, yo, we got a heavy squat or heavy deadlift or heavy press Viking press or whatever for max reps, I don't know that I'd want to be training your one RM really i'd want to be training your repetition ever i mean I, I might have a 10 rm in there or a 10 at nine might be your top set you know for the for the day for example um so yeah it gives some options and then also for people that are doing this as like a off-season thing if they are powerlifters or really interested in that and they're trying to look for a change of pace um maybe instead of focusing on a one rm you focus on a three rm four rm five i mean it's all just made up yeah. Right. Like the, it's, it's rather arbitrary. And if you, and if it's a, P, a PR, is a PR. So, uh, and honestly,
2: mean, if, it, if it was, if you were using it to prep for a competition, you know, for example, you had an axle, axle bar deadlift five Oh five, I think for max reps. Sure. And if you wanted to kind of organize this program to on that last day, it was 500 pounds for max reps.
1: You would just test that. You could.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And there's, you know, if you want to add in some singles on something that you value, like I don't, if I, if I wanted to really push my front squat, I'm going to throw in some front squat singles. Um, and that's totally fine. You can, you can certainly do that, but
1: yep, Yeah. When I was prepping for that strongman, uh, comp at your place, when I knew the events, I was like, well, I'm just going to do these events, not like at max effort each time, but like, I'm going to expose myself to them, build some volume. And then as I got closer to the thing, the last week, I kind of like basically worked up to my opener if You will on each of the things. I was like, all right, I'm gonna figure out. I'm, I'm gonna do the axle clean and press, I'm gonna work up to the mid 200, So I'm gonna deadlift this the axle bar deadlift, whatever it was, 500. I think my plan, I thought 20 would win, so I was like, I'm just gonna do it for 10, just as like a you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, same thing with like farmer's walk. I think the, the weight was 315, I ended up working up to like 275. And it just to like you want to stay fresh, but you also don't want to beat the crap out of yourself. If I didn't actually have a meat. A, a strongman meet, I probably just would have pushed it on that week after some uh, some exposure. But yeah, this is really cool. Uh, what other people are going to ask? They're like, "All right, great, sold on it." Strongman. We got we got some movement variations. We got some different rep schemes. We got some conditioning. I love all of it. But Alan, I, 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 it's almost summertime, man. It's coming. It's coming up. Swimsuit season's coming up. What about <laughs> hi, what about the hypertrophy, my friend? What am I supposed to do? to get big. And my initial reply, and I'll let you chime in on this. There's actually like a pretty good amount of volume in here. Mm-hmm. And then on a couple of the days, the actual third exercise is a super set, like a straight up push pull super set, uh, with a lot of good amount of volume. And I, having kind of played around with one of those, uh, the past two days can confirm mm-hmm. the pump is very, very real. Now I don't want people to take this and say, Oh, you got to chase the pump to get the muscle growth. That's not what I'm saying. But if I had to predict whether or not there's a good hypertrophy stimulus from this, the volume checks out, the average intensity checks out, the movement selection of muscle groups that are target all checks out. And then, uh, I think this checks all my boxes, but you know, when people probably when you train them or coach them for a strong man, they're like, well, what about growing bigger muscles? Like, well, how do you respond to that?
2: It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, uh, I do let them know that there, there will be quite a bit of volume in there. And the, the, the reason for it is, um, a couple of reasons. One, you're often doing strawman events that are a superset, like, you know, it's a minute of work or 90 seconds of work, mm-hmm. 75 seconds of work. And so you're doing this superset of carry this yoke down and this farmer back. Um, so I figure one, I can add that into the assistance work of you're doing close grip bench and rows, supersetting them for, eight to 12 reps or whatever each. Um, so there's that aspect of it. Um, but also I think that a mistake that, uh, a lot of strongman competitors make is they want to peak as if it were a powerlifting meet. Um, mm-hmm. they want to finish with their like one rep maxes, or they just put way too much emphasis on recovery, like okay I'm two weeks out time to just stop doing not, anything I'm not you know? training you know. and, uh, and then they get to the competition or or they structure their training in a way that's Monday log Tuesday tire flip right Wednesday right. off Thursday off Friday I'm gonna do deadlift uh, and they they just segment all their their events to where you know you get there on competition day you have five events in one day after the first or second event they're smoked they're wiped out um mm-hmm. so I like to I like to keep a lot of work in the program and a lot of work in each day. Um and so I didn't want to sacrifice a bunch of, you know, take a whole bunch of volume off right at the very end. Um I I wanted to to maintain that all the way through. And my thinking is I have done, I mean we all have, I'm sure everyone listening has set either a PR or had just an above average day in the middle of a training block or in the middle of a week or the end of a week. Um, and uh my thinking is, especially when I'm working with a client, uh, Hey, they are a few weeks out, everything's going great. I don't want to just change everything and say, sure. Okay. Let's, uh, you know, 10 days out, let's just work on rest and recovery and not do anything. Um, just completely change what they're doing, you know? Um, so anyways, that's the, that's the reason for keeping a lot of that volume in. And even if sure, the nice side effect of, uh, some muscle hypertrophy, but, uh, um, It's more of a performance reason for leaving all of that volume in there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think there's no real reason to peak if you don't have a meet coming up or a test that's important to you and the training program is working well. Mm -hmm. I mean, if it's working well, I'd have a really difficult time saying, yeah, we should change a lot of stuff right now. Um, (laughs) In in most of our templates, you, you see that there's like this progression from like a higher volume blocks to relatively lower volume they're not low volume by the classical definition um, and certainly what other people would consider low volume. But the reason why we do that is because we're playing to a general population, not a specific individual. And we're like, you know, if the average person is going to respond reasonably well to a block for three to six weeks, well, the block length is going to be about four weeks. And then we're going to switch to another block Um in order to sort of keep the, the needle moving, p- keep progressing. Now, if somebody was off to the races on the initial block and they w- could make eight weeks worth of progress, well, we would have kept it there. And it's the same thing on this program, you know, it's like, yeah, there is on the last block things kind of, they taper a little bit to kind of get people a little more recovery to test their, that pressing, you know, sort of maximal strength and, and deadlifting maximal strength. But if the program prior was work like working well, you don't have to go to the next block automatically. It's just, we're kind of limited into how we can commute, you know, set these, the templates up f- for an individual when they're really being applied to like a large, hopefully large <laughs> population. So, but yeah, I like this. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily taper stuff for folks. Um, and there's plenty, plenty O volume in here to grow, provided your nutrition is on point. Um, all right, Alan is there any special, not equipment, but like training gear that people need to, uh, to train strongman? Do they need specialized straps? Do they need to go buy tacky? Do they need to, you know, what, do, what do they got to do so that they can get on board with this template and, and get the most out of it?
2: No, I don't think they need anything specialized. If you want to sure, that'd be great, but you don't need to, you don't need a belt. You don't need lifting straps. You don't need tacky. Uh, you don't need elbow sleeves and all that stuff. Um,
1: dang it. Yeah. <laughs> this <laughs> I just bought those, you know, power pants. I just got elbow <laughs> sleeves. I just yeah, the um, yeah, that's right. I remember seeing Brad Gillingham. If you guys don't know what these are, these are like, you know, the Ray-Ban knee sleeves. It's like that but underwear. And I remember seeing Brad Gillingham just like strutting around in these at the at my very first powerlifting meet ever. So if you don't know who Brad Gillingham is, he's like six, eight, you know, he's a monster. Hook grips 881. Uh, On a stiff deadlift bar raw like the dude is an absolute animal and his hands I I remember shaking his hand and my hand disappeared for a second and I thought where did my hand go and then I realized it was in his hand It was crazy but yeah I see this dude in the warm up room for squats he's got his power pants on and I was like I need those. (laughs) <laughs> and then I saw all the strongman competitors, uh, you know, uh, wearing them at these meets. I was like, I need power pants. If I'm ever going to do strongman, I need knee sleeves. I need elbow sleeves. I need super long straps. I need tacky. I need, you know, all, all sorts of stuff, but really no. And I, I agree with you. I think the only thing that you might want, if you're going to kind of take this seriously, it's the same stuff that you'd need for like regular training. If you want weightlifting shoes, cause you know. You prefer those when you squat or do the Olympic lifts. If you dabble in that stuff, or even in here, here, some people wear them when they do uh, stones and uh, overhead work. Those are cool. If you like, if you want a belt, I mean, most people who train strength training, seriously have a belt. You don't need one, but that's fine. And uh, s- straps can be useful if your hands are beat up or if you're doing a lot of stuff that you're not trying to train your grip strength necessarily. And, uh, in that case you might want some longer straps, like the, what's the length for the axle? What do you think? Three inches is the, is the length on that,
2: uh, for the, the strap you're talking about the, the diameter of the axle.
1: Oh yeah. I just don't know how long, cause like my shorty straps obviously didn't work. And then I got a pair of rogue straps that were like their extra long straps, but those were still like almost too short for yeah. the axle. Cause the axles it's two and a quarter or two and a half.
2: Yeah. Uh, e- either one of those. Um, yeah. So they make usually things will say nowadays companies will, um, list, barbell straps or axle bar straps or like uh-huh. the figure eights. It'll say figure eight straps. Yeah. Um, and then, but I'm not sure. I couldn't tell you exactly how long. Probably some are some are up to 18 inches. It's oh ridiculous. My. It's like it's literally as long as a uh, wrist wrap. Uh, yeah, yeah, wrap yeah. Your wrist. I thought um, I was
1: extra with my one meter long wrist wraps. Well, like,
2: I, yeah, I think that you you really just need one wrap around the one wrap around the uh, the bar and you're good. You don't need to wrap it three times around. Right, um, right. They have something called wow straps, which is like a full seat belt, and it's just like you're supposed to like wrap it around the bar and then you wrap it. You do like a figure eight around your hand. Uh, the thing with that is at competitions. Um, they would, they used to tell competitors, competitors, you know, take your grip or, uh, you know, go ahead and get your straps on. And they'd be sitting there for 45 seconds because these people are trying to like fit their straps on. So now what they do in almost all competitions is you strapping in is a part of the time. So they say, yeah, take, they say, take your mark, set, go time starts. If you want to f- fiddle around with your, your straps for 20 seconds, you're running out of time. So people, huh. that's what, that's one of the popularity, you know, reasons for the, the figure eight straps.
1: Um, I see. Cause you don't have to like mess with the.
2: Yeah. So you just slide it in real quick. Um, but about the, uh, the equipment thing, I actually, uh, made an effort not to add a whole bunch of stuff. Even if I was doing certain things, I would try to pick a different exercise so that people don't need specialized equipment. Like I didn't, I didn't put in leg press or hack squat, Mm-hmm. Um, and, or anything like that, uh, certainly on some of the tertiary movements of like one legged movements or, or unilateral movements, if you want to do a one legged leg press, uh, you can, that's fine. Sure, Knock yourself um, out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or if you wanted to do, there were times when at the, for my tertiary exercise, I do belt squat. Um, but I'm not going to list that in the program, you know? So Yeah.
1: Anyways. Yeah. I mean, obviously, again, when you're designing a program for an individual, you basically say, yo, what do you have access to? What do you want to do? Mm -hmm. You know, and then you, it's easier. It's hard to write a template as it turns out. Yeah.
2: I can't imagine Um, the, uh, writing the CrossFit template or the the Titan template.
1: Dude. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So like, okay, if you're listening to this and you're like, you know what? I like the strongman, but I just lean a little more CrossFit and I still want a good general strength conditioning program. I want some exposure to the Olympic lifts and I want some conditioning, maybe some gymnastics stuff. I mean, honest, if if CrossFit appeals to you, but you don't want to do quote unquote CrossFit, meaning like you would do the main site workouts or something like that's, that's the temple for you. And people are like, well, what's that look like? (sighs) (laughs) Everything we talked about here. I mean, yeah. And more, it's like, all right, what are people going to have access to? What are people going to want to do? Oh, I don't want to have them use too much equipment. I don't want this workout to take three hours because they're setting up and breaking down and like adjusting all the stuff. And they're like hogging three quarters of the gym to do one workout. Like I'm not, I've, I've had, when I did CrossFit, I had three different CrossFit coaches at various different times. Just, I was just curious as like how these people program and like, what's the, what's the secret sauce? And I would like, some of the workouts were over three hours long and I, and I would take up almost half the gym with like different equipment, (laughs) but luckily no one was there. Right. So it was fine. I'm not being a jerk, but I was just like, did you even think about this when you were making the workout? Like, this is not making me that much fitter to be this much of a gym douchebag, yeah. right? Like it doesn't make any sense. And then I realized that most of the people writing those workouts were not really good coaches. They had just been like decent athletes in the space, had the market, made the workout and then, or, you know, programming option and put it out into the universe. Um, uh, that's, that not, wasn't all my experience in, in CrossFit, but, uh, certainly it seemed like a lot of it. And I'm like, oh, that doesn't make, this doesn't make any sense. So maybe
2: something as, as simple as prescribing the, for this workout, you're going to do a uh, hundred kipping pull-ups and you're like, well, coach, I, I can't do one pull-up and you're like, All right. "Right, damn. <laughs> or uh, yeah. handstand progression work. And you're like, I can't, I, there's no way I could, you know, balance myself against the wall. And you're like, uh, okay, let's, uh, so yeah, there's a bunch yeah. of stuff to account for.
1: The best one, uh, Jake Sipkin from TZ strength, um, him and I actually saw eye to eye, on a lot of the stuff um as far as like prescribing rp like effort exertion ratings for like the metcon stuff and obviously for the strength training stuff uh and it's, it flowed a lot better and that stuff was really well thought out unfortunately i mean i i have hold him in high regard you know from like a programming standpoint particularly in that space um but i don't there's nobody that's like winning the games or like you know Really blowing up on social media to to push a lot of his programming ideas, which I think is kind of unfortunate. It's like, I don't necessarily care what the fittest in the world is doing because by definition, that's literally no one else on the planet.
2: Yep. <laughs> like, so like not the top of the bell curve at all.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like I might be curious just to like read it in an article. And, you know, and then with the full understanding that this is probably not accurate, but like, it's like asking a major league baseball player, like, what do you do for your workouts? Or like, you know, what do you think about when you're hitting home runs and they tell you <laughs> something? And it's like, yeah, it's not really accurate, but entertainment nonetheless. nonetheless. Um, okay. Rat, we'll wrap this up. Uh, Alan, I need you again to flex for us. Not like actually flex, but what, is, what do you think is the most impressive thing that you've ever done in Strongman? What, like a pre- specific lift? or like, you know, medley or something like if you had to brag to somebody about cool stuff that you've done?
2: Um, I would say it was actually my most impressive failed lift. So, <laughs> so uh, I have, uh, I tried to at 205 pounds body weight, I was, I tried to load a 400 pound stone to, to a 52 inch platform and I missed it. Like four times, I would. I was too stubborn to go to forty-eight, um, but the next jump down was a forty-eight-inch platform, and I could have loaded it. Um, so being able to pick the four hundred-pound stone up and nearly miss it, which I want to give another run at some point uh, this year, but I would say that was probably um, my my best moment. Would
1: Would you rather have a two X stone load to fifty-two inches or a two times bodyweight bench press? <laughs> <laughs> I care I would care
2: way more about the stone
1: load. Yeah. But, you uh, but for the internet you want the bench press. I
2: feel like that's so much uh that's that's uh, far less common. So the the uh the stone load. Stone yeah, load yeah. So yeah, nobody's loading. There's a lot things. of people benching yeah, two on body. Every, every
1: bro that no, i kidding. <laughs> uh all right, well so and then my this is not that impressive. But there's two things, and you get to tell me which one is more impressive. So on the axle, I stri I muscle clean and strict pressed 275 or a 200 pound circus dumbbell press. You've done Not a 200 a, pound circus dumbbell press? Well, that's a push press kind of thing. Yeah.
2: Holy shit, dude. Both of those <laughs> are both of those are very impressive. Um however, the 275 actual clean and press, even though it was strict, it kind of doesn't mean anything because in right, a competition, yeah, it no doesn't matter if you strict press or push press it. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna say the 200 pound uh, uh, circus dumbbell. That's really damn good. the The world record uh, for the sub I, th- I don't know if it's sub 200 or 98 kilo. Um, or I'm sorry, 90 kilo. Um, but anyways, is like 220 world record. Oh. Uh, <laughs> well, so yeah, dude, that's that's very impressive. Um, I
1: uh, yeah, we were just at we were at brute. We were just like loading more plates in the thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we went from like 180 was not hard. And I was like, let's just do 200 because like, I want to get, uh, again, I was doing the thing that I'm telling people not to do, <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> but you know, whatever. Uh, when I was, you know, younger and, and less intelligent, um, yeah, I was like, let's just go to 200 cause I want to be done. Like, I feel like that's going to be heavy. I don't want to 90
2: ninety and then maybe 200, just do 200.
1: <laughs> I just wanted to fail once and leave. Like, honestly, that was the thing. And once I did 200, I was like, that's fine. That's enough. Cause it was honestly getting it up to my shoulder was a pain. Yeah. Like, like I actually hurt cause the circus double is huge. Uh, and then I was very afraid that when I like got kind of underneath it, I was like, this is where my shoulder actually explodes, <laughs> but it, yeah. but it didn't. Or you but just don't want to like,
2: if you're not used to like routinely dropping equipment. Yeah. You, I, was, like, I, was like, I don't want to, I don't want to ditch this or drop it, you know? So yeah,
1: I know when it was up, when it was up, I was like, I think I'm just going to, <laughs> 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 it was like a reverse front raise. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that the dumbbell press was cool, but I don't know. All right. Well, I'll take that to my I'll take that as my, my humble brag for the day.
2: Put it in your Instagram bio.
1: That's right. Yeah. 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 Bodyweight, bodyweight circus dumbbell press. <laughs> cool. All right, guys. Well, uh Alan, thank you for joining us on this week's podcast. And if you guys are looking for the strongman template or information on that, uh, link in the description below. And the free version of this template will be available shortly. Uh, it'll be like a few weeks, just kind of a sample programming that'll be on the website as well. So thanks for joining us, Alan. Really appreciate it. Of course. All right. That's a wrap on episode 132 with Alan Thrall. we were talking about strongman training here on the Barbell Medicine podcast. Again, I'm Dr. Jordan Feigenbaum and we're bringing modern medicine to strength conditioning and strength conditioning to modern medicine every Monday. Uh, usually as long as we uh, had a guest and had some time to edit and you know, all that sort of fun stuff. Uh, again, if you're interested in the Strongman template, check out the link in the description below. we got a 10% discount running on this template uh, through Sunday, March 7th uh, at midnight. So you can uh, get a little discount there. And also wherever you're listening to this podcast, why don't you give us a rating, ideally five stars, and a review really helps drive traffic to our podcast. And uh, hey, share it with your friends on social media if you uh, enjoyed it, if you think they'd be interested in doing some Strongman training or just hearing about Strongman programming in general. Uh, if you get the template, or uh, you're using the template tag us love to see and hear from you and uh, we'll catch you guys next Monday we have a podcast uh, with Coop from Garage Gym Reviews that should be a fun one and uh, we'll catch you there thanks for listening